Hi, I'm Blake, and you're about to get jumped. Welcome to a special episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, the weekly anime podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. This week on Get Jumped, we're taking a break from our regular coverage to discuss anime that is coming up in the year 2020. So let's jump in. Welcome to a special episode. We were planning on doing our regular coverage this week, but uh, life kind of got in the way and our schedule just uh, went out the door. So I am flying solo today while Spencer's picking up an unexpected shift at work. And it's been a lot. We've been very busy this week. Uh, We've been kind of struggling to get into a regular um, rotation of things. as far as uh, recording and watching and all that stuff for our weeks um, since the holidays, that kind of threw us all off. So uh, we are figuring that out, but it's taken a while. And this week we just kind of got slammed. Our free time just did not match up. So uh, we're putting together this episode. But the good news is that it is pretty appropriate because um, this is the beginning of the year. Uh, sure, it's the beginning of February now, so we're already one out of 12 months down, but most of the year is left remaining. Um, and I'm going to talk today about anime that will be coming up in 2020. Um, I have done a little bit of research on this anime. I watched a couple of anticipation YouTube videos and read a couple of articles. I'm not going to list every anime shown in all of those, but I do hope to go over a fair few um, exciting entries for today. Uh, I also got some news recently in an email from Crunchyroll. This was not like a special email to me. It was just their their newsletter. So if you are on Crunchyroll's newsletter, you will have seen this. If you're not, maybe consider being on that. But two big pieces of news about two of the biggest anime shows of my lifetime. Uh, The first is that there was a 20th anniversary project announced for Bleach. Bleach, as you may remember, is a huge anime show that was around a little while ago. Um, Let's see. It was when I was in high school that it came out, I believe. So that would have been somewhere before 2008. Now it's 2020. So it's been a while. The show itself ran for several years and was very successful. The manga ran for uh, several more years and was also very successful. Um, It ran uh, more or less concurrently with Naruto, which has, of course, continued in with a sequel series called Boruto, which is ongoing now. And uh, it ran concurrently with One Piece, which is continuing as uh, One Piece because it's just not over and uh, will never end. And (laughs) One Piece and Naruto and Bleach formed what was uh, sometimes referred to as the Big Three. So once upon a time, there was Dragon Ball Z, which kind of set the stage for action and fighting anime as we know it. Uh, Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece all came along in around the same time period and uh, in many ways built on that formula. 
Now, I am not enough of an anime historian to say that they are the first ones to build on that formula, and in fact, I would say that that's fairly unlikely. However, they, the three of those shows reached massive heights of popularity, and as evidenced by the continuation of two of them and a 20th anniversary project announcement for the other one, their popularity is pretty significant and is ongoing today. So these shows have had a huge influence and the Bleach 20th anniversary project announcement is pretty exciting. One other thing about Bleach is that the um, the anime was a fairly faithful adaptation of the manga. It did include filler arcs, so there would be um, year-long arcs, so about 50 episodes worth of story that did not appear in the manga. As you know, Spencer and I both take the opinion that filler arcs tend not to be very good and not to be very worth it, and I would say that Bleaches are a good example of that. They're not terrible, they're not unwatchable, but there's just something off about them. They don't feel quite right, they don't feel like they fit with what else was going on, and after a little while, if you did not already know that they were filler, you'll probably be able to figure it out, just because things don't feel like they usually do in the actual um, continuation of the story as adapted from manga. Now, that said, the Bleach show ended at a point before the end of the Bleach series. Now, I don't know exactly what the story is here, but Bleach, um, it came to an end after a pretty important part in the manga and then had a short section of what could be described as a transitional section of the manga from its main story into its final story. Um, without getting too in-depth and spoilery, Bleach builds a story that sort of flows from one point to another in a way that recontextualizes the previous points. It starts off as a kind of monster of the week show, but you realize soon that the um, organization behind handling these monsters has a long history that is woven into what's been going on, and in fact woven into the life of the protagonist. Um, all of that comes to a head, and then there is a small uh, sort of everybody returns to their lives and ha they have been changed and they get a slight redesign in the way that they look and then there is this like small arc where they start to learn some new stuff that's pretty much completely new as compared to what came before it and then they go into a final arc against a new set of villains so the show ends after this culmination of this one long story and I believe it includes a small number of, of uh, episodes de dedicated to this kind of transitional section of episodes. And then it's just over. And I've actually never seen the last episodes of Bleach, so I don't know how they end it and how they address that. I don't know if it just kind of ends with that mini arc being ended, but not really addressing that there is more to come or what. Um, but yeah, the Bleach anime did not cover the last arc of the manga and many people have wanted to see it animated because that's something that people who read manga and like anime tend to want. They want to see those stories jump off the page and onto the screen. They want to see it moving and colored and flowing and that's all very exciting. Um, now all of this is to say that there are not a lot of details about this upcoming Bleach 20th anniversary project. Um, we know that more details are going to be announced in March at Anime Japan, which I don't know what that is. I'm assuming it's an anime convention in Japan. 
but I don't know for sure. However, that's just a month away. No, I don't know if it's at the end of the month, so maybe it's more like two months, but it's pretty pretty soon, and we'll get that 20th anniversary announcement coming up soon. Um, the other piece of news that I got from this email was related to one of the other big three, specifically One Piece. Um, I had not heard this, but uh, it seems like Netflix is going to be having a live-action adaptation of the show One Piece. There are going to be 10 episodes, uh, or at least 10 episodes in the first season, and the show will be overseen by Eiichiro Oda, who is the creator of the One Piece manga. So... That is some interesting news. I know that there have been several anime adaptations on uh, Netflix. Some of them have been localizations like the live-action Bleach movie. Um, and some of them have been um, at least Western debuts like um, Knights of Sidonia is a good example. Uh, so One Piece has a fairly decent track record with anime, but uh, you never know when it's being adapted into another form. Um, I know we, Spencer and I, have talked excitedly about Netflix's forthcoming adaptation of um, Cowboy Bebop, which is supposed to be live action, but was pushed back a while ago because of an injury of one of the actors. Um, there's also a live action adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender, which either is an anime or is at least anime inspired and done in the anime style enough that uh, the uninitiated won't be able to tell the difference. And they're doing live actions of both of those, and I'm excited about both of those, um, despite the bad track record of some live action adaptations, and in fact, despite the bad uh, history around the live action adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, all that said, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. The, I, the idea of a live action adaptation is interesting to me. It's not always, but I think One Piece is a good series for it. And so I'm intrigued. I like to see what they do. And, you know, maybe it won't be good. Maybe once we get more information, it won't feel like it's going to be good. And my enthusiasm will die down. But for right now, I hadn't heard about that. I was excited. And I think that there can be some level of comfort taken in the fact that Eiichiro Oda himself is being uh, is uh, being included as an overseer on that project. Now, that's all just news that I got this week that I was planning to address with Spencer in our show. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not going to be surprised if I address it again next week. Uh, probably not in quite as much detail, but I always like to hear what Spencer says about that kind of stuff. So that is some news, and I don't know that those two things are going to be related to 2020, but they are um, some bits of anime news that I just got this week. Now, that said, I looked up some um, articles and some YouTube videos regarding the uh, most anticipated anime of 2020, and I have a couple of things that I wanted to go over. Um, I'm going to share some of that with you guys. Um, first, there is a show called That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. I don't know much about this show. I know it's an H-E show, which is the term for... Uh, basically a character being warped into a video game world. I don't know if it encompasses more things than that, but there's a huge influx of HE shows right now. Um, you could probably attribute that largely to the popularity of Sword Art Online. And uh, the quality of those tends to be fairly, um, fairly uh, inconsistent. There are a lot of the shows that seem like they want to bandwagon on the idea of etchy and get a quick dose of popularity just by being etchy. 
Um, but uh, there are not a lot of shows that have the staying power of Sword Art Online or the quality of some others. And I personally find the ecchi genre to be interesting, but not something that I rush out to go see. So I haven't been watching any of these. Um, I know a friend of mine has told me that um, Legend or Rising of the Shield Hero is very good, which I believe is one is an ecchi. I know uh, I think Goblin Slayer is similar. Um, and then that time I got reincarnated as a slime is definitely of this genre. So what I know of it is that a man is killed in the real world and reawakens to find himself in the body of a slime. That's like those little ooze monsters that appear in D&D or uh, Dragon Quest. Just like a little kind of blue gelatinous sphere. And uh, he is in a magical fantasy setting as a slime and the show is apparently very good according to the several people that i have read or watched talking about it today and uh, season two is coming out oh my gosh is it isekai not ecchi oh god maybe it's isekai and i've just made a fool of myself for 10 minutes um isekai maybe is the uh, term ecchi must be something else oh god i hope it's not weird uh whatever we're gonna move on season two is coming up from that there is um Another season two that I am very excited about, which is The Promised Neverland. The second season is coming, and I am so thrilled. The first season was um, was fantastic. I, I was going to say it was a surprise hit for me, and it, it wasn't. It, the premise sounded great. Um, what I will say is a surprise for me is just how good it was. I thought the premise was interesting, and posed a lot of fun fictional settings that you could really delve into. Uh, but the execution was just phenomenal. It was so good. It was edge of your seat. This is such a tense show. Uh, one of the videos I was watching uh, mentioned this as one of their top 10 most anticipated anime of the year. And they called it a horror anime. And I think I think of it more as a thriller. And now it's definitely horrific. And it's definitely playing in the realm of horror. But, you know, if I've got to pick one genre, I'm going to pick thriller over horror because it's a little bit less about the the fear and a little bit more about the tension. Um, it's got those twists and turns. It's so delicious. So if you are into edge of your seat stuff, if you think about like Death Note, that kind of cat and mouse game kind of uh, situation, Promise Neverland is going to get you. You're going to really like it. And the second season is coming up, which is good because the first season ended on... Um, not a cliffhanger, but just a, one of those scenes where you're like, okay, there is more to come and I have no idea what it is. Um, speaking of more to come, you might have heard of this little show called Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan has had a very successful run. It exploded onto the scene early on in the decade, becoming this huge hit. And in fact, I, from my personal experience, it seemed to rope in um, fans uh, to the show that were not actually anime fans in general. It's really good. I would say it also fits into the horror thriller area. I would actually put it a little bit more on the horror side of things. Um, so Attack on Titan, there are people living in a walled city. There are giant, horrible people-looking monsters that are called titans that want to eat the people and there is a group of the humans who go out to try and kill the titans and protect the rest of humanity um, that's about it and that is really what the deal is with season one 
I haven't seen past season one. I know I am very 2008 on this show. Many of you are probably yelling at me right now, and uh, luckily this is a recording and I cannot hear you. But uh, yes, Anna, uh, Attack on Titan is very, very good. I, uh, I remember getting a friend of mine back in Chicago. A shout out to Josh, who maybe is listening, but probably not. But, you know, shout out. Anyways, uh, he started watching it with me. Um, not being the kind of guy who was in anime, and he got so excited that he started reading the manga. So he actually knows probably everything that's happened. I, I think the manga is over, but uh, regardless of whether or not the manga is over, the news for 2020 is that the final season is coming. So if you have been watching it and you're ready to get some more Attack on Titan, you're going to get that. But you're also going to get an ending this year, which is always bittersweet, but it's nice to see the anime deciding to end on its own terms. So, whatever's been going on in the show that I would like to find out but have not yet, I know season one is great, I know the premise is exciting, and the ending is coming up. So if you have been waiting for that, or if you've been waiting to get into it until it's a full, completed thing, then uh, now's your chance. Um, There are a couple of other anime, um, I guess I'll touch on these really quickly because they seemed interesting. Um, There's one called Inspector, that's N-I-N slash specter s-p-e-c-t-r-e obviously playing on the word inspector Um, there is a woman who can um, see or sorry i guess a teenage girl uh, who can see um, spirits and she gets a friend to help her uh, deal with different situations with spirits it looks like it's well animated it has a cool premise Um, keep your eyes peeled for inspector Another one that I don't know too much about is called Darwin's Game. A guy downloads an app onto his phone that turns out to be a deadly game of cat and mouse between players of the app. And so he finds himself drawn into a sort of real-world battle royale through this. Um, It looks pretty cool. It looks like an interesting extra twist on that kind of concept of battle royale and um, pulling in like the idea of a smartphone app into that seems uh, fairly cool and i don't think too overblown so uh that seems cool somali and the forest spirit is also coming up so um this is one of those somewhat fantasy worlds where the uh humanity has been uh having not a great time and there's some other monstrous thing that's taken their place so there are supernatural creatures ruling the world. Humanity is not in a good place, but a, uh, a girl meets a golem, and that golem kind of becomes a father figure to her, and they make their way through this uh, fantasy world together and um, develop this close relationship, and it just it seems cool. It seems like a, a fun thing. I tend to like fantasy as well. So um, that is something to look forward to. Uh, we had a little bit of, uh, not controversy, but um, the, the podcast got a little bit of attention earlier this past year when we went to Anime Central and we uh, interviewed one of the voice actors who happens to work on Fruits Basket. And he made an offhanded comment about Fruits Basket, which apparently um, 
was a confirmation of some bit of information for the forthcoming season that nobody had heard yet. So uh, we got to be involved in a little bit of news, although I think it was mostly centered around the voice actor himself and him fielding questions to confirm that. Uh, but that was through our interview, which was kind of a cool experience. And uh, Fruits Basket Season 2 is now coming. Um, I also don't know a lot about Fruits Basket. It's not really in my genre, um, so I haven't really paid much attention to it. But I know that that was related to uh, something that happened on our show, so I wanted to mention that. Um, a show that Spencer has mentioned to me recently and that I have seen a lot of acclaim for from various YouTubers that I like to watch uh, I like to watch their commentary on um, different anime series. Um, there's a show called Haikyuu, and Haikyuu is about a volleyball team. It is a sports anime, and I tend not to care about sports anime because I don't give a shit about sports in real life. But Haikyuu is apparently amazing. It is supposed to be very, very good. It's supposed to have excellent animation, which from the clips I've seen is absolutely true. And um, it's just supposed to be a really well-told and heartwarming story. So Haikyuu has a new series coming out. Um, I, sorry, series uh, or a new season. Um, and that's going to be expanding on... Yeah, so it's it's called Haikyuu to the top. It's their season four. Um, so it's uh, obviously continuing the story forward. And uh, again, from what I have heard, that is a big deal. People are very into this show. It's supposed to be very, very good. And so um, be on the lookout for that. Now, um, recently, there was a collection done to try and translate the work of a very famous creator from Japan into the screen. This guy's name is Junji Ito. And he is very famous for making super disturbing, very scary horror anime, uh, or sorry, horror manga. Um, he has a very distinctive style. There's a really good Super Eye Patch Wolf video on this where he um, puts up shots from the manga. So if you'd like to get a feel for what this uh, Juji Ito's work is like and why it's so scary, that's a great thing to check out. Now, the Junji Ito collection came out and received very negative response. Uh, it was apparently poorly done in a lot of ways, and um, with the high bar to clear of being faithful to this great creator, a lot of people felt that it didn't meet that bar, but also that it was just kind of bad on its own merits. Now, what we have coming this year is an adaptation of Uzumaki. Um, Uzumaki is not just the last name of our protagonist of the show Naruto. It is also, completely separate from that, a manga about a town that is cursed with spirals. And spirals is not the term for some sort of weird monster or alien or something like that. Literally, things start to spiral. They are, you know, like a like when you hypnotize people in the 50s, just spiral. Um, there are just spirals appearing all around the town and it's creepy and it sounds dumb because that's a really simple premise that doesn't have much to it but junji ito is known for taking something like that and um filling it with horror it's kind of like uh god i if you don't know junji ito and you don't like stephen king then disregard this comparison but uh try to hear hear me out for what i'm saying stephen king has a knack for taking an idea and running with it and doing something with it even if the idea is simple like a mean dog or cars turning on people um, obviously there's other stuff but uh you know one of the recent outings was killer clown in the movie it 
Killer Clown is a relatively simple premise, and he did a lot with it. Whether you liked it or not, he took it and ran with it and made it something um, full, fleshed out, lived in. Um, Junji Ito, I think, does similar things with his premises. And so the idea of the town being haunted by this spiral image is um, kind of weird on its face and it sounds less scary and more like, what is that? What am I supposed to expect from this? But I know that this, uh, this manga is highly acclaimed and the anime adaptation, uh, one, of, one of the people I was watching uh, um, addressed and acknowledged the poor reception and low quality of the Junji Ito collection, but noted that the trailer for the, the anime adaptation of Uzumaki looks good. And so there is hope there still. If you were disappointed by that, uh, maybe give this one a shot or at least keep your eyes peeled for it. Um, quite a few other things coming up this year regarding um, like harem anime and other kind of romance or comedy genre. As you know, I don't particularly care about those things and I don't pay attention to them. So I'm not going to go into them very, very much, but there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe for that. Um, I did mention earlier that there's a 20th anniversary for Bleach. There is also uh, some Digimon uh, no, um, news coming up. Uh, Digimon had a big year a couple years ago with Digimon Try, which actually lasted for more than a year. There's a series of films that can also be broken down into about a 24-episode season of shows. Um, Digimon Try received some mixed reviews. It received fairly warm reception from the fans, but... Um, Apparently, the show didn't capitalize on that in the way that uh, people were expecting it to, or uh, just did, didn't stick the landing. Um, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. I'm about halfway through, but uh, I know a lot of the fans responded um, with disappointment at the way that it went, and um, that is specifically coming from the Digimon fan community. So that was a bit of a miss. Um, however, there is a new series coming, or a new, so well, there's a new series coming, but first, there's a new movie coming. It's Digimon Adventure Kizuna Lost Evolution. Uh, sorry, Last Evolution. Um, and the idea is that the characters from the original series, who were also the protagonists of the recent Digimon Try, are going to be the protagonists again. They are yet older still, and this is being billed as their last adventure. Um, it looks pretty interesting, but, you know, who knows? Uh, I, as a kid who grew up on Digimon, am just sort of uh, automatically excited by Digimon news. Uh, I know Digimon Try, again, didn't do it for a lot of the fans. For me, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. But the new movie is coming out, and maybe they will have um, learned or adjusted from the reception to the last one to make a, sh a movie that makes up for that. So that's coming out. Um, in addition, there is, has been a new series for Digimon announced, which is coming after it, which is basically a reimagining of the first series. So the same characters from that movie, from Digimon Try, from the original first season of Digimon called Digimon Adventure, they're coming back. And it looks like they're basically doing a similar story to the first time around, but it's being updated into the modern world. Um, fans are pretty split on them doing this as a general idea. Um, I personally would love to see some more Digimon stuff, but I don't necessarily want a series that gives an alternate telling of the first adventure because of the first adventure is good. I like it. And uh, so I don't need it to be competing with some alternative timeline. 
However, uh, like I said, I grew up on Digimon. I love Digimon. I'm happy to see it coming around. So I will watch it and be interested to see what goes, uh, what comes out of it. Uh, but if that appeals to you, the idea of taking a concept that now comes from the 90s and is, of course, intrinsically tied in with the growing prevalence of digital items, um, now that we have a very digital world, it will be interesting to see the ways that they update that and alter the story to tell something that is new with those familiar characters. Um, so that's coming down the pipe. There's another big anniversary series coming out too, which is Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! has a 20th anniversary coming, and um, what's weird about it is that there are, like, no details. Um, there is a... Uh, there is a promo there's some promo information and it, people are are estimating that they are going to do with their 20th anniversary what digimon and a lot of other things have done with their 20th anniversaries which is to go back to basics um by that i mean to pick up where the um, original series left off with those protagonists um, as you might know, Yu-Gi-Oh, Digimon, uh, those are pretty similar. They have different seasons that come out every year or two. And uh, each time they come out with a new season, they also come out with a new protagonists in a new setting that follows rules that are similar to but not identical to the previous seasons. So each time around you get a bit of a different feel, but the core concept remains the same. So if you like Yu-Gi-Oh, if you like the card game playing, you can stick with that. If you like the monsters of Digimon, you'll you'll get those, even though the rules might change and the protagonists will be different. Um, so like Digimon did, they brought back their original protagonists, which are, uh, you know, for most fans, the most uh, popular and iconic. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! is expected to do the same, but the truth is we really just don't know what they're going to do. But that 20th anniversary is coming out this year, so keep your eyes peeled on that. Um, there's at least one other thing I want to talk about, um, so let me just check all my notes here. Um, make sure that I have covered all the, the um, stations that I want to cover. Um, ah, yes, there's a couple of other big ones that I want to mention. So there are, um, let's see, there are a couple of movies coming out, and they're um, tied to some popular series. So there is a Ghost in the Shell movie, Ghost in the Shell SAC, which stands for Standalone Complex. Ghost in the Shell SAC 2045. That is coming out on Netflix later this year. It is a CG animated Ghost in the Shell, and the clips from the trailer that I saw look pretty decent. I know a lot of people don't like the CG animation. I think it's come a long way, um, so it might be worth looking at the trailer to see if that is for you, but that is coming out, and that's going to be on Netflix. Um, I already mentioned the Digimon Adventure movie coming out. Um, there's also going to be a Demon Slayer movie. Uh, it's called Mugen Train, Demon Slayer the movie, Mugen Train. And it's my understanding from one of these videos that the um, Demon Slayer series ends with a, uh, you know, it, it the Demon Slayer anime series has ended after 26 episodes with its first season. Uh, I understand that they are doing a seasonal release like many anime are doing these days. Uh, but what is atypical is that the Mugen Train movie is the next arc so a lot of the times when an anime movie comes out it is um, tied to canon loosely but it is extra canonical it is for fun and it does not actually tie into the main plot of the series 
Now, Mugen Train might be skippable as far as the overall art uh, of the show as it goes from start to finish, but it is apparently the next thing that happens in the manga. It is actually a manga adaptation rather than an original story being told for the movie. So that is a little unique. That is very interesting. And I have watched uh, the first couple of episodes of Demon Slayer and I very much like it. So that is really exciting for me. Um, we talked about Uzumaki. That's coming out. Um, there's another big show uh, called Evangelion, specifically Neon Genesis Evangelion. And that is coming out with its final movie of a reimagined movie universe. So the original show came out in the 90s, I believe. It's uh, on Netflix right now if you want to check it out. Um, they also came out with a redo of the series in movie form. There were four movies, and the fourth movie has been delayed for a really long time. I was actually really surprised to hear that this is coming out this year because I remember going to see the third movie when I lived in San Francisco, which was uh, I moved out of San Francisco in 2014, so that was a while ago. Um, apparently, this movie was originally slated for release in 2015, but was delayed because of the creator's um, connection with some Godzilla movie. So they pushed it back. This movie has the dumbest title. It's called Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. Uh, the previous movies were each 1.0 through 3.0, respectively, and um, they then had a subtitle. This one, it doesn't seem like it has a subtitle, or if it does, nobody mentioned it, and so it probably hasn't been announced. Uh, but instead of being 4.0, it's 3.0 plus 1.0, because why not? Uh, it is the conclusion of this version of Neon Genesis Evangelion, and uh, I don't remember much about it, but uh, it's coming up soon, and that is worth noting because of how big that series is. Um, one more uh, movie coming out, and then one more series that I am very excited about. So the movie coming out is Made in Abyss. Uh, you know what? Actually, it might be a series. I Now that I say that, uh, they mentioned it, Made in Abyss, uh, Dawn of the Deep Soul. I believe it's a movie, but I don't actually know for 100% sure. So um, you might remember that uh, we've talked about Made in Abyss on this show several times. It's very good. It is a story about two adorable children going into a horrific monster world. Um, there was a movie release that uh, continued on, I guess, uh, undercutting my argument a second ago about Demon Slayer, continued on from where the show left off, uh, that Spencer and I were lucky enough to see at Anime Central as part of the press. Um, and Maiden Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul, seems to be the sequel to that. So if you want to know what happened after that very, very sad and very disturbing movie, then you can check out Maiden Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul, coming out this year. The last show that I want to uh, mention is one that I saved until last because it's an original show. Uh, not an original show like that it's not based on a manga, but it's an original show in that it is not a sequel series. It's not a movie. It's not based on something that exists already in anime form. I mentioned a few of those earlier, but um, the, there is one of them that stood out as being mentioned over and over and over again by all the people that I was looking up to uh, learn about this stuff. It is called Doro Hedoro. D-O-R-O-H-E-D-O-R-O. -O -O. Now, this is apparently, uh, it's another world where humans have been um, decimated, ravaged, hunted to extinction, that kind of thing. Humanity is uh, uh, few and far between. They live in hiding because the world has been taken over by these horrible monsters, and the monsters will um, harm and experiment on and kill people when they find them. Um, Dore Hidoro, or Doro Hedoro starts with 
a guy who I believe is a human, but whose head has been turned into a dinosaur-like lizard head, who uh, decides to go on something of a rampage to figure out who did this to him and presumably to figure out how to get himself changed back. Um, it looks really interesting because it has a fascinating visual style. It is based on what I believe to be a long-running manga series that started in the early 2000s. So it uh, an anime adaptation has been a long time coming, but also the anime or manga series is supposed to be very good. It's very popular, and um, that should lead a lot of material for the anime series to adapt. It's also being done in an interesting cel-shaded animation style. So it's... Uh, it's more of a computer-generated series than an animated series, but it is looking like an animated series rather than a CG series. So the way that they're doing that animation, um, it gives it a, a movement style that's a little bit more akin to the CG series, but that has started to blur the lines a little more with traditional animation. And I know as a fan of anime and traditional animation in general, um, the continuing rise and prevalence in CG animated anime has been a bit of a bummer because I like the animated look. This looks pretty good. It's definitely not the same, but it looks pretty close to a uh, hand animated um, show, but with a bit of a a bit of a twist on it being CG animated. It looks good. It looks it flows. It looks nice, um, and the premise is awesome. So Doro Hedoro is coming up this year as well. That is a hotly anticipated popular manga adaptation, um, and it looks like it's going to be good. Fair warning, it's also apparently pretty violent and bloody, so if that's not your thing, be wary of that. Maybe watch a trailer before you di uh, dive headfirst in. Um, I think that's all I'm going to cover today. We talked a lot about some anniversary uh, shows. I mentioned a couple of other new shows, many of which are sequel um, seasons to pre-existing shows that are hotly anticipated, but a couple of original things coming up too. You got a lot to look forward to this year. And, of course, we will be here covering some old favorites. We just added Yu Yu Hakusho to our rotation. We'll be talking about Naruto. And we're actually, uh, I think, two more Naruto episodes after the next one. So three more total before we get into Shippuden. So if you've been looking forward to that, it's been a long time coming, and it is coming up soon. Uh, we also might be finishing, finishing our coverage of Hunter x Hunter this year, depending on how fast we go. Um, and uh, Soul Eater, also, we're about halfway through, so that might be done this year, too. It's going to be a big year for our show, and it's going to be a big year for anime in general. We hope you stick with us and enjoy the whole thing. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes. Google Play. Stitcher. Buzzsprout. Or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.